Listening to Climate Champions, a podcast from the Architects Journal. I'm Hattie Hartman, Sustainability Editor at the Architects Journal. The future is that we have in every region a regional mod factory where all the excavation material just comes in and gets out as, as building blocks that can be used for load-bearing walls that, or goes out as mud bricks used for you know brick layering or as plastering as clay plaster to refurbish existing structures we are back with a bonus episode recorded in copenhagen during the uia congress in early july i met obel award winner anna herringer to catch up with her latest work since our last interview in episode six Earth and architecture has reached a tipping point. It is no longer at the margin of architectural practice. On one Obel panel, Anna shared the stage with Jeannie Gang of Studio Gang, Rainer de Graaf of OMA, and Beijing-based architect Xu Chen Chen. Check out her work in episode 40. Here in the UK, building with earth is slowly gaining traction too. Earth blocks have been pioneered on a mainstream project by Bennett's Associates at King's Cross. There is a lot of testing that has to take place to ascertain the right soil mix for a given site, and even more persuasion to convince all project stakeholders that using excavated soil from a site is viable. Now, on to the interview with Anna. Anna has just spoken to a large audience here at the UIA as part of an Obel Award panel on the subject of mending in architecture. Anna, it's great to actually meet you in person. Yes, and I'm really to meet you too. keen to hear how your work has evolved um, since we last spoke. But first, I wanted to ask you, when you were asked in the panel just now about mending and what it means to you, you gave a very powerful response which received a resounding applause from the UIA audience. Could you share your thoughts with our listeners? Yeah, for me, mending, I took it on a more ethical level in the way of forgiving. It was triggered by a visit of a friend of mine from North Africa last week in my studio. And he said he is so angry that not one architect ever took uh, a public stage to say, I'm sorry for creating this image and ideal of an architecture that was supposed to bring us a comfortable, safe and happy and, and, and healthy life. Well, in fact, it was just exploiting the planet and it mm. was adding to social injustice. So I thought, yes, the UAA with so many people coming together from all global communities and cultures and, and backgrounds, it's the right moment to ask for forgiveness. Mm. That's a very powerful statement and much needed. You've been incredibly busy over the last two years with projects on site in Germany and Ghana, I think. Since we last spoke, you've also won four important awards. Do you think with this global recognition of your work, do you feel that earth and architecture has reached a tipping point? Yes, I very strongly believe that the earth and architecture is having a renaissance. Mm. It's 
it's always been a, a material for crises <laughs> and we're having a, a real crisis now. And Earth is so wonderful because it exists just everywhere around the globe, just in any kind of climate zone, in any culture we were used to use this material. And it's applicable in any context. And normally, you know, when we're looking for strategies for sustainability, it's either not affordable for part of the world's population and not applicable. And I believe in a global strategy of sustainability. It's not just one year, we can afford the high tech. You can't, sorry. No, I think, you know, mm -hmm. and it's also not just mod for a poor village in Bangladesh or whatever. No, mm -hmm. no, 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 it's, it's the same everywhere, you know. And at the same time, Earth is such a warm, archaic material, such a real truthful material. And I think we are longing for this kind of truthfulness also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having the possibility to excavate on the building side, the foundations, whatever, underground parking, or taking, you know, all this excavation from the surrounding and building your walls out of it, where you really know the biography of a material, that is it's very powerful. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It makes but sense. it's not such an easy thing to do. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. So you just did this small Rosanna project, a, a guest house of 235 meters for a Ayurvedic guest house. Tell us about that project. Yeah, I designed it together with Martin Rauch. And it was really not much space for, for what the clients wanted to accommodate. And so we have relatively small rooms, like 13 square meters, and people are staying there for three weeks approximately. Mm. So we had to add a quality to those rooms that, that you actually feel, not the smallness, but you feel the richness. Mm. And mm -hmm. we always think that quality has to do with square meter sizes and, you know, quantity. <laughs> but in fact, we, we used so many healthy materials, mainly earth. We used the, the raw earth that the the ramped earth walls, which gives a sort of roughness in mm. and, and groundedness. Then we have the clay plasters and then the timber, and that all resonates really well together. And you can so really feel the craftsmanship. I believe mm. that you feel the energy mm. that went into these things. Mm -hmm. And what we get as a feedback of, of the people who stay there is that normally they go inside of the building and they feel cut off the nature and, and environment. And with this building, they say they go inside and they still feel part of nature. Mm. And that is beautiful. And usually people that go there, they're exhausted, like mm. mentally, physically exhausted. And you know, being in that rooms and then you see the cracks, you see some cracks in, in the earth wall and you realize, hey, nature, it's a part of nature. Mm. <laughs> you know? So I think your larger project that you're working on in Germany is, is a site for a boarding school, a new building at a boarding school? About yes, and, and it's a, a public place with conferences and, and a cafe and a co-working space. And it's for the Catholic Church in, in Bavaria, mm -hmm. which is interesting because I also built for the Catholic Church in, in Ghana. So it's very important that these two projects actually ha happening simultaneously because, you know, when we were discussing with the, the priests in Ghana, then it was like, Mm, is Earth now just because we're poor mm. or is, mm. is no, we're actually building also for probably one of the richest mm -hmm. <laughs> um, dioceses in the world, which is in Bavaria. And it's the, the place where Pope um, Benedict also got educated. So it's a very a symbolic place also for, for this part in, in, in this context. 
Well, that is challenging because, you know, I was trained in the Global South and, and taking decisions there, you know, using natural materials was usually the cheaper one. It was the, the more sustainable one. It was also the more crafted, the more beautiful one. And now when I want to do the same thing, you know, the, using common sense logic, you know, just taking what's there and taking the natural resources, that's always the most expensive one. Because the labor is expensive. Because the labor is so highly taxed in our context. Mm -hmm. And for me, craftsmanship is a source of energy mm. that unfortunately with our economic system has to carry a lot the tax load. Mm. While we don't tax the CO2 as much, it should be taxed. Absolutely. We don't have truthful prices on, on materials. And of course, also, we don't tax how, how difficult it is to recycle it and with how much quality loss you have when you recycle it, uh, how much waste it, it provides mm. when, when we dump it and so mm. on, how toxic it is. So if that would all add to the original price, we yes. wouldn't, because now we, we just put the burden on the coming generations because mm. one has to pay the price for that thing. Mm. And that makes it difficult, of course. So... Um, one solution was just to reduce volume as much as possible, you know, just really. And it took so many rounds of designing and again designing, you know, and saying, okay, what else could we save, you know, and really looking mm. at everything, mm. looking at all the existing structures around. Can we put something there? Right. And one part was meant to be three stories. It's not just two stories. So that helped to, to reduce the, the costs, for mm -hmm. example. And that is one strategy, just we should anyway build less, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so on this site, did you have to do a lot of testing to figure out what was going to be the mix of the soil? Exactly. So we need to do a lot of proofs um, in order to you know, be, be within the regulations. And that is also interesting that you know, a part, part of the walls just did not fit in the German regulations not not regulation in the in the german calculations and those kind of calculations you don't need in switzerland you don't need them in austria mm. but you need them in germany mm. so it, a part of it i just couldn't do mm. as i wanted it load bearing i want to have it load bearing the half of the building is really load bearing yes it's like massive earth earthen blocks stapled on top of each other mm -hmm. which is really beautiful and a part i had to Okay, that was just um, mirroring the, the framework of rules and regulations, this corsage that mm -hmm. we created, and I couldn't take it out of this. But we put in a lot of sensors in the mud and, you know, and now taking notes in a way or, or collecting the facts that hopefully then in future it's going to be easier. Oh, for next time. For next the sensors time. to measure humidity? The, the, the humidity, or? for example, right. yeah. yeah. I think this project you've been working on for six years, was that because the design, evolving the design? Exactly. It was evolving the design again and again. And it was also, to get it through all these regulations was a time-taking um, time endeavor. Time-consuming endeavor, yes. Then in Ghana, I think when we last spoke, you were leaving to Ghana the next day or the ne right. two days later. Yes. So what, how is that project uh, evolving? It's also not such an easy project because I realized the difference, you know, when I was starting to work in, in Bangladesh, I had like a, a seven-year-old relationship with that community. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that trust that was built up during that time that was so essential. So now in Ghana, I had to invest the time to build up this trust mm -hmm. first. It's an educational campus with, with vocational schools. So mm. 
we are also trying to, with the partners, to make the curriculum more sustainable. So in, in terms of organic farming, in terms of also the school that was just meant to be a normal school for constru construction now, of course, includes earth and architecture. Mm, fantastic. <laughs> and um, right now we just built the, the classroom, but then there's a, a large... Um, extension of the building that will be then built with the students so they are building actually their own space then and so it's evolving and it's so interesting because I'm not coming with a ready-made design but I'm coming with some ideas and sketches and then together you know we are adapting it then mm -hmm. on, on the site and that this is a, is a, is a beautiful a really beautiful process. Mm. So what's the timeline for that one? Well, now we really like to speed up and scale up mm. and I would say two, two and a half years mm -hmm. we want to build the whole campus. Mm -hmm. So this is with rammed earth walls, not blocks? No, this is, well, we started with the traditional technique, which is tabur, which is making kind of balls of clay and mm. then tossing it to the master builder and then just laying layer by layer. Mm. And now we also are trying to make a a prototype for Adobe because this is easier. You know, the brick layers you find everywhere. So mm. we would like to make an open source kind of planning that you know foundations from all over you know the places can can get the, the drawing and can replicate it and can mm -hmm. use it. Because you know taking Adobe blocks, unfired clay bricks is is a method that is is easier to you know to distribute. Mm -hmm. And it is important that we can spread up uh, and uh, spread the ideas and, and scale up and and it's so sad, you know, that, or I discussed with the engineer um, from Ghana, um, Christian Akboada, and he said, when donors are giving money, it should be an obligation, you know. You built it with natural materials, you built it in a sustainable way. If the choice is, you know, you can have it in concrete or you can have it in, you know, in mud, then it's very difficult to convince the, the communities. But in fact, when they are seeing now the structures that are standing there, they really love it. Mm. They're completely excited also because they say, hey, it's so comfortable, we don't need air conditioning, we don't mm. need a fan, we don't need electric lightning, mm. and it represents the culture. Mm. But, you know, the, the, the problem is that now when you ask a community at the beginning, they think, oh, it's a non-solid small hut, because that's what they know. And we need to build up these images and we have to change the narrative of, you know, yes. of, of, of Earth and, and talk about the qualities and the beauty that these buildings have. Mm -hmm. So we have to scale it up to, you know, also policies, of course. Are there other things or the main projects you're working on? Or the main projects, are, because I'm having a small office, you know, because I want to say no to, to <laughs> projects that I, I don't feel like they're really aligning with my values. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm having a small team. So I don't have the pressure of, you know, <laughs> getting lots of, of money in. So we are focusing mainly, mainly on this. How big is your team now? Uh, we are four, sometimes five. All so, women. <laughs> fantastic. Now, haven't you been working with Martin Rao to develop a sort of a prefabricated earth block, or is that something he is doing? Martin Rauch developed this um, prefabrication yeah. methods of, of rammed earth, and we use it now for the, the project in, in Germany, for example, because mm -hmm. you cannot rotate with water buffaloes or, you know, mm -hmm. or mixing with feet as we do in, in Ghana. So where are they made? 
So that's the sad part because our excavation material would have been super perfect for that thing, but yes. we couldn't find a place, you know, a factory with a crane and with all these um, fixtures to to produce it in Bavaria directly. So we had to bring it from Vorarlberg. Mm. But the future is that we have in every region a regional mod factory where all the excavation material just comes in and gets out as, as building blocks that can be used for load-bearing walls that, or goes out as mud bricks that can be mm. just used for you know, brick layering or as plastering, as clay plaster to refurbish existing structures, yes. make them more healthy, which is also so important. And, and these kind of things are happening in Paris. You have Cicleterre, you have BC Architects I, in Brussels. I wanted to ask you about the Cicleterre in Paris. Like Paris is excavating massive tons of earth um, for the extension of the Grand Paris Express for the yes. subway. And they Cicleterre calculated how much tons of earth it is. It's an enormous amount and actually it's a burden for the city because what do you do with these mountains of earth? Yes. You know? And it you could just take it so much and use it for the housing um, mm. that needs to be done, of course, and needs to be erected. And they're producing, um, I think, mainly adobe bricks, um, clay bricks. So I understand you have two books about your work that are coming soon working with Dominique Gozamoleo. Right. Yeah, she's fantastic. We yes. interviewed her uh, also uh, for a couple of episodes. Yes, she told me. 21 <laughs> and 22. Tell us about the books. It's actually a very personal insight, what drives me and also, you know, what the failures that I had mm. and, and the lessons learned. And it's a very personal glimpse, actually. So it's the your whole journey. Yes, learning my whole how journey. To build with and it. the the whole journey, not you know what it usually is being told. You know, a European goes to the global south and doing a nice school, full stop. But <laughs> to say, hey, there was so much to learn mm. that has to has so much value to enrich um, Europe or the, the global north. So to tell also the story, how to use it then in Europe. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So when is it likely to be? Out. In a year. In a year. All right. Fantastic. And one other thing I, I spotted on your website, the Laufen Manifesto. Yes. So what is that? So I actually quoted the Laufen Manifesto today. It was one of the most important sentences in it is um, the process is just as important as, as the outcome. And um, we came together as a group of, of practitioners working both in the Global North and the Global South and, and brought on the table what is important to us. And while designing the process and not just the pro product was something that we all experienced, that, that mm. this is, there's so much social power and mm. powerful change in, 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 in the process. And, Which and is lost in the way conventional lost. construction completely is done. Lost. Yeah. And every child is playing building. Or, I mean, every child with branches, with blankets and usually yes. you do it together because it's much more fun when you do this together so it's just part of our of our dna i would say yeah and and we completely delegate it and then you know as architects we're trying to take the pictures before the clients move in because then comes the ikea storm and in two weeks i have i have a workshop with the future users of the boarding school that we're doing so we make an earth wall with with plasterings with ornaments and, and a lot of reliefs and I am very sure that the, the mood is very similar to the one that we have with the women in Ghana, you know, plastering the, 
the walls of, of the school buildings as well. And I would love to see that in every kindergarten, in every school, there's one wall designed and built by the students, by the teachers, and, and together with the parents. And that would not just add to the climate inside of the classroom, make it more beautiful, but also really build up the community. It builds community. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, thank you very much. And good luck with all the work you have ahead. I really look forward to coming to visit one day. <laughs> You're very welcome. Yeah. I'm happy that we finally met. Yes, <laughs> thank you. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.architectsjournal.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can also catch up with all our previous episodes. Climate Champions will be back on a fortnightly basis in September. Stay tuned for our next episode.